Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. And this is Drew Tignanelli here, Money, Riches, and Wealth. And my co-host tonight, Leo Laveza. That's me. How you doing, Drew? I am doing wonderful, having a great tax season. Always enjoy, you know, doing the tax returns and helping people lower their tax liability legally, of course, because the income tax system is way too complicated, way too burdensome and way too unfair and anything we can do to help our clients uh, legally avoid uh, income taxation is a delight an absolute delight and you'd be surprised at all the little uh, landmines that sit in that tax return and if you don't know where they are and you don't know what uh, you can do to potentially avoid them um, you know, they come up and just blow up and, you know, you're like the frog in the pot where somebody just started to turn the heat up slowly and you don't realize that you just got boiled and, uh, you just accept it. You say, oh, wow, you know, I owe $2,000. Wow. I owe $5,000. Oh, or, or you're getting a refund. That's even the best. You're getting a refund. You think, oh, wow, I'm getting a thousand dollar refund. But if you knew what the tax laws were all about, you probably could have gotten a $5,000 refund or, or a $10,000 refund or whatever. So, you know, these, these tax laws are just completely unfair. And, um, you know, and it's ridiculous, Leo, you, you know, we had a client the the other day I was looking at and, uh, their income was like 200 bucks over some magical number. And just by doing one little, you know, legal deduction, um, boom, their tax return picked up like $1,500 of tax savings. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but you know, it's amazing how often it does. And, and you were bringing up earlier, this new Maryland, uh, uh, senior credit for people over 65 years of age. It is what's called cliff vesting and cliff vesting is something you need to understand. Cliff vesting means that if you're single or married, filing separate, and your income goes $1 over $100,000, one stinking dollar over $100,000, you lose a $1,000 tax credit that Maryland is giving to everyone else who's $1 or more less income than yours. And if you're married, filing joined, it's 150 thousand and one dollar you lose the tax credit i mean i don't even know is uh, whether the law is a hundred and fifty thousand or is it a hundred and fifty thousand and one dollar i don't really not ever thought about it one way or the other but you know it's just uh, crazy stuff anyway we're here on an open show leo um 410-922-6680 if you want to call in and and uh, ask your question, anything you want to talk about. If it deals with your personal finances, we're here to answer it. And I see you do have a couple callers online already. So let's go right to them, Leo. That's right. We've got Lee in Baltimore with a tax question. Lee, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I know Drew's mentioned it before, but if you go to settlement, selling your home in, in Maryland, there's some kind of tax form you got to 
file ahead of time or to avoid a 20% or a certain percentage withholding. And I wonder what that form number is. So that's only for people who live in another state at the time they sell their house. So if I, like, for example, when I sold my, the last piece of real estate I owned in Baltimore, it was a condo. And so when I sold the condo, I was already a legal resident of Florida. So they wanted to take 7% of the value of the condo. Okay, so let's call the value of the condo uh, $400,000. So they wanted to take $28,000 in a tax withholding to force me to file an income tax return the next year. Well, this was April that I was filing this tax, I mean, selling this condo. So I would have had to wait a full year till I would get my refund. And I also want to tell you that it's not easy to get Maryland to recognize the withholding they do on the real estate. That's another interesting point too. So anyway, there's a form you can file and say 30, it's 20 days before settlement. You send it into the uh, uh, state of Maryland. I think it's 508AE, right? I'm pretty sure that's the form you file, 508AE. And uh, you say, Either it's my personal residence, there's no taxes on it, and boom, they won't withhold it. Or you say, hey, I paid 410000 for it. I'm going to sell it for three ninety-five. so there's no gain on it. You don't, you don't uh, deserve any withholding. There's no taxes going to be owed on it, and they won't withhold. So there's numerous things you can do to make sure they don't withhold it. But it's only for people who are selling real estate in Maryland who are non-residents, Lee. Okay, I'm thinking about, I mean, I'm planning on moving to Florida, but as long as I haven't officially abandoned the Maryland, it wouldn't apply. Yeah, if you were if you were still a Marylander, still with a Maryland driver's license, still voting in Maryland, filing your taxes in Maryland, and you go to sell your house, they're not going to withhold any money from you on the sale of that house. All right? Okay. All right, Lee, good question, good question. Anyway, we have uh, who? Michelle, what time is it? It's oh, We're at the pause. So Michelle and Jean, you're going to have to hold for me. We're an open show tonight, 410-922-6680. If you want to call and ask a question, anything deals with your personal finance, we're here to answer it for you. But right now, we got to take a pause. Be right back. Money, riches, and wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBL. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're here on an open show. 
Open show means our listeners or the guests, they get to call and ask any question they want. 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680 if you want to call in and ask your question. If it deals with personal finance, we're here to help you with it. And um, you can just call in and say, hey, if you help me with this question, that would be really beneficial. So that's 410-922-6680. Who's up next, Leo? That's right. We've got Michelle in Cockeysville. Michelle, you got Leo and Drew. What can we do for you? Yes, uh, well, my husband was a school teacher for Baltimore County, and he passed away recently. And he had a 403B right. with Valak. Yeah. And um, they sent me a disc claim, claim form, and I'm having trouble filling it out. I was wondering if uh, your people in your office could help me. I think it would only take about 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, that's not a problem. We're more than happy to help you with that. Uh, you have to, you're probably best to set up an IRA account somewhere other than at Valic for, in other words, you can leave it at Valic and create a 403B at Valic. Um, right. But you'd probably be best to set up an IRA. Do you have an IRA somewhere else? Yes. Okay. So you could fill out the form and have the money rolled from Valic to your new IRA. I mean, to your mm -hmm. current IRA. And that's mm -hmm. probably going to be your best option. Okay. Okay. So, somebody in, in your office could help me if I wanted to come in. Yes. But where's your IRA at currently? Um, well, it's, it's at, um, Valak, um, not Van, Vanguard. Vanguard. So the easiest thing to do would be, you know, because is to call Vanguard and say, you know, Hey, I want to get this 403B over to my IRA with you and they'll do it for you. But if you want us to help you, I, honestly, I'd be more than happy to help you. So just tell Leo, okay. call, call and ask for Leo and Leo will help you do it. But your best option would be to call Vanguard and tell them because they have all of your account numbers and so forth. And, and they may have to sign off on a form saying that they're willing to accept the IRA rollover from Valic. So, mm -hmm. but you feel free. Okay. You choose. If you want to come in, it's, it'd be take no more than 10, 15 minutes to fill it out with you. Okay. Right. Okay. I have one, one more quick question. Yeah, go um, ahead. Okay, so uh, we're we're a little confused about if if I have money in the bank. Say I have four hundred thousand dollars in the bank, and my daughter is my beneficiary, and in the same bank she has two hundred thousand dollars. So that's six hundred thousand dollars. How much are we insured for? Well, the answer to that question is it's your daughter's account, right? No, the, no, the the first account, the four hundred thousand dollars, is my account. She okay, is the beneficiary. Okay, so that account is only insured up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right. Okay, so the, the you have one hundred and fifty thousand uninsured there. Okay. So Even the though, second account, your daughter's, that's your daughter's account, right? Right. And she has two hundred thousand in it, right? Right. And so that account's insured for two hundred and fifty thousand. So she's fully insured. Okay. But let me tell you something, you should not keep a nickel in a brick and mortar bank, that kind of money, because, you know, I'm assuming it's one of the big banks locally, PNC, M&T, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, one of them, or is it right. one of the smaller local banks? A big one. It's a big one. So they're paying you 0.0001% or, you know, mm -hmm. or 0.01%. 
So, I mean, that's disgraceful. You know what other banks are paying? 4% right now. 4%. Do you know on that kind of money, that's $16,000 a year as opposed to 160 uh, or, 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 you know, or, or whatever. Let's think. That would be $40, $40 a year. Uh, 16000 mm-hmm. versus forty. I mean, it's so just embarrassing banks? that the big banks are doing that to people. Oh, which which banks can you trust online? Well, you you can um, you know Capital One three sixty. That's a very big bank and a very secure bank. You know, um, um, Marcus Bank with uh, Goldman Sachs is a very good bank. Um, Ally Bank A L L Y. They they're and they're all FDIC insured, just like the one that you're currently using. So, you know, you have the same security that you have with any bank. Uh, because remember, Bank of America, let's just assume you were with Bank of America. Bank of America has gone bankrupt twice. Once in the 1980s when they overlent to the third world countries and once in 2008 when they were a major part of the disaster of 2008. And both times the federal government bailed them out so that they didn't go under. So, you know, um, it's not like dealing with a big bank does you any favor. It's the FDIC that you're looking to. Right. So so, so now that uh, Merrill Lynch is part of Bank of America, you say they're not too steady either? Not well, Merrill Lynch is a different entity. That's a brokerage firm, part of Bank of right. America. And I'm not okay. saying Bank of America is not a strong bank. I'm just saying that they're worthless in the sense that they're only paying you 0.01% when you can mm-hmm. get, and, and you can get a United States Treasury bill money market fund, which is even safer than a bank, and they're paying four and a quarter percent right now. So there's lots of great options for people to get three and a half to four and a half percent totally f- safe and liquid mm-hmm. at any time. And you can move the money to your checking account within 24 hours at any need of that money. So... And you would be more insured with a U.S. Treasury money market fund, Michelle. You're a hundred percent insured for a billion dollars because it's all United States government guaranteed. So you can't get better than that. You don't have to worry about whether it's two hundred fifty thousand or four hundred thousand. It's completely insured, even if it was a billion dollars. Okay. okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. And, and if what, you come to talk to Leo, he'll tell you how to do it too. Okay. That's right. All right, right. Michelle, good call. Who's next, Leah? We're on an open show, 410-922-6680. I think there's only one caller online, right? We have two. Uh, Next up is Gene in Columbia. Gene, how can we help you? Good. That means I can take up a half hour. (laughs) you got four minutes until I have to take a hard break, so go ahead. Real quickly, the past couple years, even though you didn't itemize um, and use the standard deduction, you could still deduct up to a certain amount on your thing for charitable contributions. Has that figure changed at all? Yeah, the, the, the wonder boys and girls of Washington did away with that in 2022. Okay. Uh, the next question has a little bit to do with what the previous caller dealt with. I had, in, back in January, February, I had a chunk of money with a family of fund all in one fund of theirs. And um, I didn't like what they were doing. So I, I already had uh, an account with Raymond James locally. So I went to Raymond James, and they moved assets. This was in an IRA now. They moved assets. Nothing was sold. They just moved shares of that particular fund 
from their control to Raymond James control. Same, okay. same name, same fund, everything else. It's just a different outfit. Uh, some of the money is still in the original outfit. I never touched the money. The question is, tax-wise, do I have anything to report? No, that's called a trustee-to-trustee transfer, and it is a non-reportable requirement. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, yep. That was a good question. Even if you, even if you sold everything and transferred it over to right. Raymond James, yeah. IRAs always transfer what's called trustee-to-trustee, right. and they are non-reportable transfers. Is that what's called an in-service rollover? Or is that no, no, that? no. That's a totally different critter. Okay. In-service rollover is when you work for a company and you have a 401k right, right. and you roll over your 401k to your IRA. That's called an in-service rollover. But those are reportable and, you know, they're not taxable, but they are reportable. There's uh, places on the return they show up. They just don't show up as taxable. Okay. If I, after I get off, if you have time, after callers, to go over what are the uh, things for the standard deduction and how much extra you get if you're an old man like me. Yeah, it's a, I, I'm not sure the exact number, but it's like uh, um, if you're single, it's like, uh, what's it there, at like 12,000, a couple hundred. And then if you're oh, it's over 65, you get another 1,300. So you're at like 13,500 or 14,000, something in that ballpark is the standard deduction. And if you're married, it's uh, 25, five, and then everyone that's over 65 gets like another 1,300 or so. So it takes you up to almost 28,000. So nothing went up dramatically there. No, 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 no. They, they go up a nice little amount. This year, actually 2023, they might make a nice move for 24. Or I'm sorry, for 23, that's what I okay. meant. Thank you. All right, buddy, take care. Good call. We've only got a couple seconds left here, Leo. I just want to tell everyone we're on open show. Sandy, you're going to have to hold on for us. We have about three or four lines open. If you want to call and ask a question, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680. Be right back. Money, riches, and wealth. <laughs> back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. All right, we're back. Money, Riches, and Wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli here with Leo Leveza. This is the Italian Hour. That's right. Last week right. was Irish. This week's the Italian Hour. Yeah, that's right. Last week were the Irish twins, the O'Shea's <laughs> and the McCarthy's, you know, trying to usurp my authority on the show. I was out uh, watching a movie called The Jesus Revolution. Great movie. If you get a chance to watch it, it's about the... Uh, the uh, religious movement of uh, what they called the Jesus freaks, I guess, the hippies of the 1960s and 70s and the, uh, the movement to Jesus of them uh, back in the 1960s and 70s with uh, Calvary Chapel Church and Chuck Smith and, and uh, um, Frisbee. What was heck Frisbee's first name? Leon Frisbee or something like that. Anyway, I can't remember his first name. But it's a great movie. It's a great story. Uh, if you ever get, get a chance to see it, I, I went to see it because a friend of mine, um, a good friend of mine, is, uh, is dying. That's the only way I can say it. He's probably been, uh, he's got stage four uh, lung cancer and there's no hope for it. And he's not treating it. I expect him not to make it through the summer. 
And he and his wife were very instrumental in this movement in the 1960s, especially his wife. And he said, you know, I'd really like you to go see that. Now, how do you tell uh, your dying friend that, no, I don't have time. It's tax season. I got to do the radio show, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, I'll just get the twins, the Irish twins to do the show and I'll go see it. And it was a, it was worth every every minute of it. So I uh, strongly encourage it when it comes to theaters. Anyway, we're on an open show tonight, 410-922-6680. Who's up next, Leo? That's right. We've got Sandy in Ellicott City. Sandy, thanks for your patience. What can we do for you? Uh, Yes, i got a small business question. Yeah. Um, We have a small construction company. Last year, early last year, we bought a dump truck, about $150,000. Three months into it, the truck caught on fire by some defect, and it was totaled. Um, After... A fight with the insurance company. Um, we finally got settlement like the week of Christmas, and we did not have enough time to purchase a new truck. Our accountant is saying that this hundred fifty thousand is now considered income, but it's a settlement. What do you guys say? Well, you can take section one seventy nine on the hundred fifty thousand of the dump truck and depreciate the whole thing, and then take 150000 that he's saying is income, recapture, so it break even, and then you buy the new dump truck and you take a new Section 179 depreciation in uh, 2023. So, I mean, technically he's right, but it's, all, you know, it's a trivial thing because, like I say, you take Section 179 on the purchase of the dump truck, which takes $150,000 deduction, you take 150000 back in income because they give it back to you. You have to recapture it for Section 179. And then you buy a new dump truck and you take Section 179 again next year. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, simple thing. I don't know oh, why there's an issue. Because he's not telling us about the taking the deduction, the 179. He's saying it's straight income, so... Well, you know, I don't know if he knows what he's talking about because there's two ways you can handle the dump truck. You can either handle the dump truck as a five, five-year depreciation, you know, over or seven years, depending on how, you know, time. But most people, if you, I mean, is your income as a family combined uh, 150, 200, 500? What do you tend to run in that income? If you're buying a $150,000 dump truck, you got to be doing pretty well. Yeah, you would think, but um, it, it is a business. So yeah. is a business, business treated different than if a personal car catches fire? No. No. Okay. No. No. But you see, what the, the only way that the uh, insurance settlement becomes income is if, the, uh, if the, you had depreciated the vehicle. So there's only one way you fully depreciate the vehicle, and that's Section 179. You take a $150,000 deduction, but then all of a sudden it, it gets destroyed in a, in a fire, and you get an insurance settlement for $140,000. You've got to recapture that $140,000 as income because you took the $150,000 off, and so it's like you sold it for $140,000, so you have to fully recapture it. And that's what he's talking about. And other, anything other than that, I have no idea what he's talking about. The other way you can handle it is you can, you can depreciate it over, you know, double declining uh, bonus method, you know, all this. And you take a big deduction in one year and then you take smaller deductions over the next four years or so. But even under that scenario, you would only recapture what portion you took as depreciation. 
but you know it should should wash out in the works there's no big deal about this i don't know what he's talking about you may need a new accountant i think so because normally we'll pay like ten thousand a year in taxes now he's saying because of this truck and this income we owe 45 to fifty thousand. Well, you definitely need a new accountant because if okay. he's not taking Section 179 depreciation on the truck to begin with and then recapture, you bought the truck this year, right? Correct. Right. Uh, well, yeah, 2000, yeah, two, right, 22. Two, 222, right. So you right. take the 150000 Section 179 depreciation, that gives you $150,000 depreciation deduction. You recapture it when you get the insurance settlement. That brings you back to zero. And then you buy a new truck and you take another Section 179 depreciation the next year. It's pretty straightforward, pretty simple stuff. I don't know what the heck he's talking about. I don't know, but he had us freaking out the uh, last week when we were in going, okay? You should, uh, you're in Ellicott City, right? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think who I know over there. Um, You know, uh, you know, you just need, you need. Need a new accountant. Need a new accountant. Okay. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement on that one, Michelle. Okay. Okay. No problem. Appreciate. I'm it. sorry, Sandy. Sandy. I'm sorry. Thanks, Sandy. Next, we've got Robert in Towson. Robert, what can we do for you tonight? Uh, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I would like, from my savings, I would like to give a gift. I don't know if I have to give it to my. It's for my grandchildren's um, education, um, and I'd like to take money uh, to give. Uh, I don't know if I give it to my children for uh, that they would use it for the children's education, but I'd like to give it, uh, money to them as a gift for education, and I'd like to have some way to be able to take it off my taxes. Do you have any suggestions? Well, you can take it off your tax return, but only your Maryland tax return. Okay, so if you gave your... How many grandchildren do you have? A five. And we, how much were you thinking total? 5,000, 2,000, 25,000, 50,000? Uh, 5,000 each. So 25,000 total? Yeah. So if you, if you set up a, a Maryland... Maryland 529 investment plan, college investment plan. There's very important words there. <coughs> college investment plan. Yeah. You put 5000 into each one for each of your grandchildren. You can either make yourself the account holder with each of your grandchildren the beneficiaries, or you can make your son the uh, account holder with each of the grandchildren as his beneficiary, whichever you choose. And you, you deposit $5,000 in each of the five grandchildren's accounts, you and your wife will get a $25,000 Maryland state income tax deduction, not federal. You'll get no way of getting a federal deduction for this, but you will get a $25,000 Maryland income tax deduction, which is the equivalent to about um, $2,000 worth of um or twenty five hundred dollars worth of income tax savings good well that sounds good now here's the key if you're if you're the account holder and one of your grandchildren irritates you in the next few years you could take the money out of that grandchild's name and move it to the other grandchildren that you still like more you know Ooh. so 
that's one of the keys. And you could say, look, Pop Pop controls this account for you, so be nice to him. <laughs> and, and may I? And then, I, and I can do that each each every year. Yes, sir. My father did that. My father put uh, his age times a uh, hundred every year. So when he was seventy, he put seven thousand in for each of his grandchildren, and took it off of his income tax return every year. Oh, great! Now it's only his state tax return. So keep that in mind. And uh, and you need to use the Maryland T. Rowe Price five twenty nine plan called the College Investment Plan. Okay. T. Rowe Price. Yeah. Yep. Well, All right. Good call, Robert. Who we? What do we? Oh, we're on a. Ooh, we're on a break here. <laughs> we so are. we got to go to a break before Anita screams at me. This is Money Rich and Wealth. We'll be right back. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. All right, we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth, and we got to fly through some callers here. So let's go, Leo. Who's up next? That's right. We've got Jim. Jim, what can we do for you, sir? Hello. Hey, Jim. Yeah. Um, can, yeah you said uh, a while back I can roll over um, um, IRA to Roth, um, $7,000, let's say. Um, can I also put in an additional 7000 so you may be confusing some things, okay? So do okay. you have any earned income, Jim? Yes, sir. So you're still working, you have a salary, or you own a business, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So, and your total, are you single or married? Married. So your total income is under two hundred and four, two hundred and five thousand. is that correct? Yes, sir. So yes, you and your wife can do 7000 each contribution to a Roth IRA every year. And you still have until April 15th of this year to do your Roth contribution for last year. So if you do your 7000 contribution, you didn't do it last year for 2022, you want to do it before April 15th. Okay, so you right. can do that. That's called a contribution. Right. Now, in addition to a contribution at any time, you can do any amount of IRA money in a conversion over to a Roth IRA. So let's say I have a $100,000 IRA, and I say, you know, I'd like to put more into the Roth than just seven. 
So you could take 22,500 of your traditional IRA out, convert it over to a Roth. Now, the, the problem you have in doing that is you have to report that 22,500 that you converted to Roth as income. And as long as you're ready for that to pay the income tax on that conversion, it could be a very good thing to do. Uh, but you don't do conversions lightly. You should always, always do contributions, 7,000 each if you're over 50 years of age and your income's below the income limits, 204,000 for married, 128,000 I think it is for single. Um, if your income's under that and you had earned income, you should always contribute to your Roth IRA. Um, but conversions, you have to be more thoughtful about and be very careful, all right? Gotcha. All right. All right, buddy. Thank Good call. Good much. question. Great yeah. question. Good. Uh, next, we've got Alex in West Friendship. Alex, what can we do for you tonight? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. So uh, yeah. my, my question is also related to a conversion of a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Um, I had a, SEP, a traditional SEP IRA for close to 15 years, and I don't remember exactly how much it went over there, but years ago there was, let's say, 50000 in there. And over the next close to 10 years, that 50000 because of stock appreciation and, um, and, and the investment, uh, investments that I made in the SEP, it's now close to 200000 So if I take that 200000 and I convert it from the traditional SEP IRA to a Roth IRA, and I'm, and I'm able and willing to pay the tax on it. My question is, is it regular income tax on the entire 200000 that's converted, or is there appreciation between the stock value to... No, it's regular ordinary income. Simple. It's regular ordinary income. The whole so thing. it can be taxed up to 37% federal, 8.5% state, assuming you're in one of the high-tax uh, counties of the state of Maryland. And you're in Maryland, right? You said West Friendship. So yeah. so it could be as high as 45.5% if you did that. You need to be careful when you convert money over to IRA to Roth. Even if you're willing to pay it, you have to think it out. So, for example, the first question I would ask you, Alex, is uh, are you intending to retire in the state of Maryland? Uh, it could be. I mean, I'm 20 years away from retirement, or 15, 15 plus years away from retirement. Is your uh, is I'm, your career going to keep you in Maryland for the rest of these next 20 years? Probably. Okay. So, you know, are you in an extremely high tax bracket already? Um, we are above. Um, Let's say about 250 combined, my wife and I together, probably. Yeah, so, you know, if you convert 200,000, you're going to be pushing that money up into the 31, 35% tax bracket. I don't necessarily know that I would uh, encourage you doing that. I, I'd probably look for other strategies to figure out how to get you more. For example, I'd want you to be doing your employer contributions, all Roth 401k. And if you own a business, there's even more strategies now that you can use to do Roth, Roth, Roth money without doing the conversion yet. I'd save that for a future time when maybe your income is, is going to take a hit for a period of time. Maybe, maybe that's 20 years from now. I don't know. But I would be careful to convert and pay at significantly higher tax brackets. All right? Right. Okay, understood. Thank you. All right. Take yeah. care. Chris in Westminster, right, Leo? That's right. Chris, what can we help you with? Hello. 
Uh, good, good evening. Um, Twelve years ago, I helped some family out, uh, a sister, and we helped them buy a house. Uh, we bought the house, and they paid the mortgage. Uh, the mortgage has been paid off, uh, say, last year, 22, and um, I signed the property over to them. Do I have to do a gift, uh, a gift uh, paperwork for them? A gift tax return? Yeah. Okay, so first off, let's get it straight that when you have an asset and you turn it over to somebody else, the gift is the only person that that could possibly be taxable to is the person who gave the asset, not the recipient. The recipient okay. never has any consequences of a gift they receive. It's only the donor, because this is the most misunderstood concept of, of uh, personal finances. People think that if you give somebody money, that it could be taxable income to them. And that's nothing, nothing further from the truth. The, the concept of giving money has to do with the estate tax laws. And right now you can only give, let's just, let's just skip right this day and let's just go to 2026. Let's call it $6,500,000. That's how much I can leave to a non-spouse beneficiary. And so what gifts are is they're accumulating toward that total 6.5 million. So if I give my kids 300,000, I have to file a gift tax return to say, well, I've already given them 300,000, so I can't leave them 6.5 million. I only leave them 6.2 million when I die. And if I do another 500,000 in the future, I say, oh, I've given away 800,000 during my lifetime. I can't leave them 6.5 million. I'm going to leave them 3. Uh, you know, 3.7 million. And you see, that's how that, that works, and that's why you filed the gift tax return. So the question to you, Chris, is are you worth a lot, a lot of money? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, know. are you worth more than $5 million? No, no. Okay. Do you think you'll be? You got you got good chance of winning the lottery or something, you know, that you might be worth more than $5 million in the future? Uh, they paid the mortgage. Uh, well, that doesn't matter because the house was in your name, wasn't it? Yes. Or was the house in joint name with them? Uh, it was in uh, just my wife and my name. Yeah, so the fact that they paid the mortgage had nothing to do with it now. Okay. okay? So technically, they were giving you a gift when they did the mortgage. And you're now giving them a gift when you give them back the house. You see what I'm saying? So it gets confusing. The, the point of the matter is, is that if you and your daughter uh, aren't worth lots and lots and lots of money and you don't expect to die with lots and lots and lots of money, it's probably going to end up to be an irrelevant point, okay? Because the only way it would ever come back to bite either you or your daughter is if one of you died worth more than six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen, twenty million dollars in the future, yeah. now it could become an issue if you don't file a gift tax return. Okay, the gift so tax return is no income tax liability or no gift tax liability to you. It's just a filing. So it's probably not a bad thing to do if you're turning the if you turn the house over to her. Okay. <laughs> I just uh, I know on when we do taxes this year well, it's the question is, did you sell a home? Well, you didn't sell a home. You gave a home away. A lot of questionnaires, like our questionnaire says, did you make a gift of more than like $20,000, somebody other than your spouse during the year? 
and then that prompts us to talk about the gift tax return. And clients of ours, we do gift tax returns normally, small clients like yourself. We do a gift tax return. We don't even charge them to do it because it's such a trivial thing, you know? Um, but unfortunately, you're going to probably pay three, four, five hundred dollars to get somebody to do a gift tax return. Anyway, I'm out of time, Chris, but if you want to call us, we can talk more about that. 410-823-7283 is our number at the office, but we're out of time, right, Leo? We are indeed. Is that what that music always that, means? That's the get-off-the-air music. Yeah, that's <laughs> the get-off-the-air music. Anyway, this is Drew Tignanelli saying God bless. Just